You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. I'm here, your host, Luke, along with Steve Orsillo. It's me again. Vicky is not with us today. Yep. But Steve and Vicky are recently back from a little getaway. How was your trip? A little getaway. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. You look a lot older. I am a little older. You are a little, but you look a lot. What's the deal? What's going on? It was my birthday yesterday. Yesterday was your birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. I'm entering into what some people call your Jesus year. So yeah. You know, my 33rd year. It's been a feels like a lifetime of just loving Jesus. I met you. You were a teenager. Yep, 19. <laughs> come a long way. Yeah, I put you in a garden. Yep. Yeah, that was good. It was a fun time. First came to Father's house at 19 and uh, in the in summer, coming from England, so I was not used to the 100 degrees. 105 degrees yeah, in yeah. the garden. Yeah. <laughs> not a tree no, around. Nope. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that was an experience. So. And what was fun was at the end, you you were not complaining. Yeah. That I look for that. What's the quality of this young man? He's out there. He is not equipped to be a gardener, and he is in the heat, and he is not complaining. Might have been my perfectionism picking him at the time, but that's okay. I, and that's the <laughs> gift from God, man. Yeah. All them non-perfectionists would be <laughs> sniveling like babies. Yeah, like <laughs> All right, I don't want to offend the non-perfectionists. <laughs> Everybody thinks perfectionism is a curse. I think it's a gift. It definitely has its. I think it's the gift until it's a curse, right? But <laughs> that's absolutely yeah, true. It's yeah. a gift unless you make it a curse. Yeah. But that's so probably a topic for another day. But uh, I don't know. We're talking disciples. That's, and that's true. It's a gift <laughs> until you make it a curse. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but we're here in our uh, fourth episode of this season on covering the book and his likeness. Um, the first few episodes have been really good. Yeah, written yeah. by. By you, by me. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a great read. Um, and the last, yeah, I was just re-listening to uh, the first episode the other day, and it was um, it was really good. And I'm excited to see where it takes us. But today's chapter is disciple knowing God, and we're gonna look at what it means to be a disciple, and really start to ask that question of whose disciple are you, and cover what Jesus has to say about it. But I want to read. Just uh, an excerpt of the first uh, page in this chapter, and then we'll see where the Holy Spirit leads us. So, after seeing the resurrected Jesus and witnessing his ascension into heaven, the disciples finally understood who Jesus was. However, prior to this, it is evident that they were deeply confused about him. Even up to the day they ran to the empty tomb and met to talk about it. Frankly, they were lost, confused, and hopeless. Even though they had seen many miracles and even taken part in many miracles, it is clear they did not know who Jesus really was. They may have believed he was the Christ, but it's obvious that they did not understand who the Christ was supposed to be. More importantly, they did not know who they were supposed to be. It was their identity that was so messed up. They even decided to go back to fishing. Some of them thought they were still fishermen. So... While I'm reading this section in this, in this chapter about discipleship, I think the, the the first key to being discipled, right, is that you have to know 
who you are following, right? And they... (laughs) That is crazy. What a great paragraph. Well, I I always forget how good this stuff is. It's like, (laughs) yeah, it's like you got to know who you're following. And if you're going to be a disciple, you've got to know who you're following because the whole word disciple means to become like them. Right. So when someone says he discipled me, it means you became like him. Mm. And to be his, to become like that, that guy is a disciple means that you are aiming for exact mm. duplication. Your faith like his faith, your belief likes his mm. belief, your words like his. Not, not necessarily, you know, a black man and a white man or an Asian man or some a Mexican, mm-hmm. a, a Hispanic person, you know, not, not, not looking wise. Mm-hmm. But certainly in, in the ability to walk, talk, and act out your faith. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, even that, just on the idea of discipleship today, what you just said, the, the goal is to become like somebody. I think that when we think of discipleship in, in modern church times, we, we often think about it more in terms of teaching somebody about Christianity right, rather than... Right your definition of exampling it for yeah. them to imitate yes and that's a whole different ball to game. be a discipler you are living an example that others can imitate and become like jesus yeah, yeah. that's a whole different standard than me having uh, some teachings i can tell you about what it means to be a christian but to, to to live it and say examine my life and be like me that's you know i'm suffering from a burden over the subject and i know you might have had a point and i'm interrupting you You're but fine. I'm suffering lately, my whole vacation I was suffering over this, the, the lost people. When God himself has come down to pay the penalty for you, to make you and cause you to conform into the image of his son, to allow you a chance to choose to shed all the garbage of this world and to become heavenly minded and follow him and become like him, become, be conformed into the image of the son, discipled by Jesus, to be an imitation of him. And I'm just, I'm burdened by how many people I've known who've come all the way to belief, come all the way to testimonials of the great nature of following Jesus, Mm -hmm. the great life they have, the the, the seed that flourishes and blossoms, and then the deceits of this world, or the cares of this world and the deceits of wealth deceive them and they wither and they die, which is the sower went out. I think it's John 15 or I don't know, 14. I might be wrong. Anyway, the sower went out to sow seeds. And it's it's the seed that grew up, that flourished, right? And I look at so many people who went all the way back. And I guess the story that I would liken to that is the prodigal son is in a pig pen feeding pigs. And he realizes, at my dad's house, the pigs eat better than I'm eating here. Right. And, I mean, the, the worker gets fed. If I went back to my father's house... He'd feed me mm-hmm. while I fed his pigs. I would get this slop before they did. It right. wouldn't even be slop when I got it. It'd be on a plate. And then so they go home and they get the ring, the cow, the the party, the father proclaiming my son was dead, but now he's alive. He, they return, he returns to the love of his father. Mm-hmm. And what, what I liken this to, what I've been mourning over is the vision of people after having all of this blessing from God coming to him, being forgiven being robed, ringed, partied, yeah. celebrated, they go, they go marching back. Nah, them hogs ain't so bad. Yeah. Them pigs ain't so bad. And going back to the hog pens of life. And it's like when I read this and I see this disciple and what it is, I, 
I mourn for this. And I saw the disciples go through this in this story, you know, of let's go fishing. Mm. You're going to go back to fishing after walking with Jesus? And what caused that? Well, it's what I said in that paragraph. They had, they really didn't know who he was and they didn't know who that made them. And it's the same as, you know, all the people I've seen go back. They came and they, they were convinced to try Jesus, but what they were doing was more like a vending machine. They were putting in a dollar to try to get out something. They were putting in time to try to get a return. And it's like, no, the return came already. It's the forgiveness. It's the salvation. It's the grace of God. It's to be able to be seen and known by God and to see and know God. And the, but you just don't know who he is. So you don't know what you're looking at. So he dies and they haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, which is probably the common denominator why they did what they did. But most of the people I'm talking about, they have claimed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Jesus makes his home in me. And they go back to the hog pens of life. I mean, it's just so many. In my 49 years, it's so many countless people have gone back to their old way of life. The sins of the world have, have drawn them. The deceit of wealth or the deceit of the world system, the deception of the world has called them back. And they never got a grip on who they are. Mm-hmm. Who knowing Jesus makes you? Falling in love with Jesus. And that's kind of what you know these guys... What brought them back was Jesus came and saw them. And then eventually he said, don't do anything. I'm real. Don't do anything. I will come to you in another form, the spirit. I will send you another spirit and fill you and you'll have power on high. So once they got the power from on high, they didn't go back. No more deceptions, no more betrayals after that. It's just a, a story of amazing heroes because all of that discipleship, it paid off. All that teaching them showing them, exampling them. I like that verse in John where he says, if all the things that Jesus did were written down, the books of the world couldn't contain them. And these guys saw them all and still went back fishing. These guys experienced them all and still went back fishing. In the book of Acts, it says, Judas was part of every part of our ministry. When the 12 went out, Judas went out. When they came back saying they healed and the demons obeyed them, they healed, Judas healed and the demons obeyed him. But he went back to hog pens, deceit of wealth, or whatever his reason was. And so these guys, but when they, when they got hit with the Holy Spirit, there's no going back. Mm-hmm. Today, people can have the Holy Spirit. There should be no going back. And the whole idea is, I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to be like you. Yeah. I think that's the, the problem that you describe here, right, that they didn't know who the Messiah really was and they didn't know who they really were. I think we their symptoms of many a, a christian that's walked away yeah right? yeah they said we've left everything for you yeah. who can be saved yeah. he said well no one who gave a cup of water for my sake will fail to receive their reward yeah but many walk away without the reward many walk away because it wasn't so when they saw he said cup of water but he meant cup of diamonds he, he meant <laughs> he meant cup of healing he meant cup of whatever i want yeah. that cup to be You know, he said, no, you're going to receive many times more than you gave in this world, but in the life to come, it's eternal life. And he's going to give that to you. And it's like, you just got to, you got to keep pressing in to be more like him, to be imitations Mm -hmm. of him. Yeah. So let's uh, keep going within this chapter. You... 
then start to um, share about how um, I'm gonna let, let's let's read a little bit more. Um, Read for, we're going to start on page 20. If you're reading along, I'm going to start in the second paragraph. It says, Jesus appeared to them and reminded them who he was and who he had called them to be. He told them as believers they would do everything they had seen him do. They would preach the kingdom of God to all the earth, to every nation. He laid out for them the signs that would follow them as believers. They began to be changed right there. Everything he had poured into them became relevant now as they began to become the men he believed them to be. Jesus even called his father their father. They were changed men after this. Confusion was passing away, and clear thinking and purpose were becoming evident. That's when he came to them. He told them his father would be their father. He would not leave them as orphans. He would come back to them and make them sons. Yeah. And that, and you know, as you were saying, this is the moment where it's not, they don't go back from this point forward. Mm-mm. But what he does do at this, at this, in this time, um, like he, he continues to see them as disciples and he continues to call them into this discipleship process, right? And uh, in, in the book, you, you uh, just talk about the idea that uh, when a, when a Jewish person, Sorry, when a person in Jewish history was going to make a pledge to become someone's disciple, that commitment was described as exact twin or mirror image, actual imitation. If you're going to be their disciple, you would do what they did and what they said. They didn't get to have a mind of their own is really the truth of that time. Right. It's real clear that a disciple doesn't ever exercise their own mind. They exercise their master's mind, wow. their, their teacher's mind. Yeah. And so that's too foreign for today. <laughs> yeah. But the intention to live like, you know, I, I used to say when I'd be in trouble, I'd ask, well, what would so-and-so do? Because I had held them in high respect. And I wanted to be like them. I, want, I wanted my faith to be like their faith, my strength to be like their strength. Mm-hmm. Well, what would they do in this situation? And people have said it about me. What would Steve do? And then we've all wore bracelets. What would Jesus do? Yeah. And all of the above, Jesus doesn't get to come here and show us how to feed. He doesn't, he's not here in person to show us how to walk, where to walk to. We have to learn how to hear him, but we also have to walk alongside others Mm -hmm. and learn how to follow the feet of them who are disciples of Jesus Christ and, and imitate in so many different ways. This, this incredible thing where he says, I will not leave you. I will come to you. And then it says he's going to he's not going to stop working on you until he is successful and presents you before the throne spotless and blameless. And it's just crazy. Behold, we are new creatures. We completely transform. And in what we're supposed to become like Jesus. And he, you know, one of the things you get into in this chapter is the idea that he demonstrates discipleship for us in that he is a clear disciple of the father and his time on earth right and i read a verse we were talking about earlier from uh john chapter 5 where it says therefore jesus answered them and was saying truly truly i say to you the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing for whatever the father does these things the son also does in like manner so what so what he's saying is that he is his disciple. As 
Jesus. The angels are watch, keeping watch over their flocks in the fields. The stars coming. The angels appear. There's no room at the end. Wise men come and give their frankincense and myrrh, and there's a new being on the face of the earth, which is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And as he's born in human form, his demonstration to the world is that he disciples the Father. He is a disciple of the Father. And he says it over and over. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. I can do nothing except what I see the Father do. I say nothing except I hear the Father say it. He is a, the perfect example of the word disciple. He shows the imitation of the Father in bodily form. As a man in bodily form, he demonstrates the imitation of the Father and then says to them to follow me. And what he's telling them is the same thing he's doing. He's discipling the Father. He's being a disciple of the Father, I mean. And he's telling them, come and be a disciple of me. He said, I no longer call you disciple. I call you friends. Well, he felt they'd come a long way, but knew that they couldn't get any further. They really didn't understand at all who he was Mm -hmm. until after the Holy Spirit revealed it to him when he came, came upon him. And so their story is going to be a little different than ours because we meet we we get filled with the Holy Spirit when we meet Jesus. Mm-hmm. They didn't for three years, right. <laughs> and and a huge test of yeah. betrayal, and a huge revelation of his resurrection, and then him saying these things to him. So they, I mean, those poor gentlemen, um, my favorite humans that have ever lived, my greatest heroes are these men, and they they made it through to disciple and be like Jesus. So Jesus discipled from his father to imitate him, to demonstrate him, to reveal him, to make a bridge. I come to show you the father, he says. Uh, it's to really reveal him by imitating him. And then he's basically telling them, follow me. Come, and I'll make you something new. I'll teach you how to be different. I'll make you fishers of men. And it's just like, and as he left, he said, you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Yeah. You'll take up snakes and they won't, their bite won't hurt you. You'll drink up poison and it won't poison you. You will command demons. You'll, you'll just be powerful. And in his life on earth, right, he continued to do that. I think in the chapter you talk about how the Pharisees had some wrong ideas about who they thought the father was based on, you know, their laws and traditions, right? And Jesus had to kind of straighten out their thinking. Yes. Like the Sabbath, if one, for example, right? That's right. Okay, yeah, I could, I was lost. Uh, the Sabbath, yeah. Yeah, he had to show them how, the, like, you have a misunderstanding. And, and, I mean, the Pharisees had so many misunderstandings. He showed them so many ways from Sunday that he was, they were wrong. And, you know, he, on the, the Sabbath stuff, having his disciples do things and them saying, you know, you can either eat or drink and all that, and, you know. Can't heal on the Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. can't heal. Yeah. And he says, says, is it right to heal on the Sabbath? Is you, you, any, any one of you had an ox fall in a ditch, you'd call your friend and get it out on the Sabbath. But you won't get this man out of his suffering on the Sabbath. You take care of an ox. But, so you've totally missed the Father's heart. Father's heart is to save you, heal you, and deliver you. And you've created laws that bind you, imprison you, and oppress you. And you've just totally missed who he is because you're not trying to be like him. To be like, to understand that I need to be like him, I have to understand who he is. I have to really delve into who is he. 
And around here, we really believe in finding out who is God. Who does God say that he is? Not does not other preachers, not any teachers. God revealed to us through the Bible, who do you say that you are? And if we'll believe that, who does that make us? And what it should be, the answer should be, is an imitator of Jesus, an attempt to be a duplicate. He goes so far as to say, perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's a heck of an that's a heck of an ask right yeah. there. It isn't. It's, it's, it's that standard as, as perfection. He is perfect. And, yeah. You know, and, and I think that's one of the struggles. You know, this whole idea of living in his likeness, the, the, the book, the, the calling to do this. I think one of the, the struggles with Christianity today is that we, we've, we've lowered the bar, right, to say you don't really have to be like Jesus because that's, you know, that's not realistic. Oh, my goodness. He says, if you continue in my word, you are then you are truly a disciple of mine. And, he, and then he says, it's enough for the disciple that he become like his teacher. I mean, you can't say it any clearer. No. What, what is enough for a disciple that isn't enough? It's, it's, if you don't do this, you're not enough. Is that you are working to become like your teacher. Our teacher is Jesus. And we need to become like him. And if we see Jesus in the people around us, which we should. Hopefully, I mean, you can, hopefully, hopefully you can, there's people yeah. being like Jesus. Hopefully I am. And someone sees a little Jesus in me. We should be able to recognize it really well. It's enough that you become like your teacher. And if you see your teacher in somebody, then you imitate somebody. Yeah. Until you become like your teacher, who is Jesus. And the pastors he's called into your life and the you know, the apostles that lead and guide and shed vision and teach culture. Uh, it's that we imitate, follow, and become these words that we're saying, this vicar, disciple, Christian, all these things that we're becoming. But overall, a disciple of Jesus Christ, who is a disciple of his Father in heaven. He's imitating and becoming like his teacher here on earth. And we are imitating and becoming like our teacher, Jesus. And in the church, we are becoming like our mentors, like our pastors, like the people God called into our life to demonstrate who Jesus is. So why do you think that the, the call to walk in his likeness and to become an exact twin, to become holy as he is holy, why do you think that isn't something that we're hearing every day? Well... In my, my opinion, belief is taught very poorly in the Christian church. We only teach it from a very English point of view. And I mean English language, not English country. We interpret believe as whatever I say I believe. Whatever I admit I believe. And I think that the teaching of believe is so very poor that we end up with a, I don't have to do anything theology. Hmm. Well, to become an exact twin, like the disciples, I mean, they had, they had a lot. Hmm. And everybody wants to talk about the thief on the cross. Well, he went through a lot. Hmm. And he didn't have a lot of joy lived on the earth because he didn't accept Jesus way earlier. He didn't follow Jesus before. And... It's truly a lot. And I think believe 
is so much more than I got this. That's what I say it is. It's more what I do determines whether I believe or not. My actions say I believe. They speak louder than my words. And so if my actions, I'm saying I believe, and my actions are saying I can't give this money away, I can't trust God, then I don't believe. If my, my words are saying one thing and my actions are saying another, I don't believe. And so truly, I think it boils down to the, the, the we have diminished this word to all you got to do is believe. And, the, and to accomplish that, you just say you do. And I don't think that teaching believe clearly is widespread enough at all. I think the Christian church needs to do a better job of teaching the words of Jesus. And it has, it's so much nicer to teach other things that these words get put away, locked up, put in the, put in the foot chest, you know, <laughs> and no one ever reads them again. Yeah. Truly, you're my disciple if you come, pick up your cross deny yourself and follow me anyone who would be with me must must do those things well yeah that's if we just don't hear those very often it's easy to forget and go back to just believe hmm. none of the none of the things that define believe matter anymore just that you say you believe your actions can be anything you can be on your eighth wife divorcing each one you cheated on 10 times and saying you believe and you can find a church easily to say then then you're okay just confess your sins you're okay regardless of your lifestyle regardless of what you, you cheat you cheat the poor you can you can steal from widows and go back and say yes but i believe mm -hmm. you know you can be addicted to porn you can be addicted to substances you can be an alcoholic and still say but i believe and okay and it's just a really poor teaching on what it is to believe. When a person disciples with Jesus Christ and reads what he says, and he says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. You say, this is serious. I don't want to lose my hand. I'd rather lose my sin hmm. so I can keep my hand. And he endeavors, then the, the sin comes up, he, and he truly believes with his life what Jesus says. He says, I'm not sinning. I'm not, I'm not, gonna, I'm not cutting my hand off. I'm, gonna, I'm not doing that. And uh, I don't pluck my eye out. And I think that's what's at least the biggest, in my opinion, reason that you know, it's not taught very much is because of the belief about the definition of believe. Yeah. That's really good. And I think that's you're saying believe then is to really act like put into practice. What Correct. You say you it's to like, put into practice. Yeah, to act, yeah, to upon it. Um, any man who, who oh, oh, the wise man is the person who hears these sayings of mine and, and builds his foundation on the rock. It says he digs deep to make sure that he can get his foundation on the rock and he put, he builds his house on the rock. Yeah. And that's clearly defined as acting upon the words of Jesus as believe. And the man who doesn't act, who just says, I believe. You know, wait, you're on your eighth, eighth marriage, you're saying? You cheated on them all with ten women, and, you, and you're and right. addicted to this and addicted to that. And, but you say you believe, so you're okay? Yeah, yeah that, that doesn't fit. There's so many verses that just doesn't fit. Yeah. But a man who says, you know, I want to hear the words of Jesus and act upon them. His heart is touched whenever a man walks up and says, you got some spare change? No, man, I don't got no spare change for you. Walks away going, oh, Give to any man that asks of you. Yeah. 
Wow. Another, I wanted to believe. I, I wanted to obey that. I'm, yeah. I, you know, am I going to be all right not not doing what it told me? Well, I think another factor as well, right? We we see that Jesus was willing to confront his disciples. You know, he told Peter, "Get behind me, Satan! You got things of you know man and your mind rather than things of God." And then we see, obviously, you only have to read any of Paul's letters to discover that he was willing to disciple his his followers people he was spiritual leader over right like he called them back to the standard of jesus and both paul and peter and even john maybe in a less obvious way all used the idea of follow me as i follow christ or imitate me as i imitate christ right and that the idea of discipleship and then calling people to a standard continues mm-hmm. but i think in modern culture we don't always either we don't want to take the responsibility to disciple somebody and simultaneously, as a as a people today, we don't want to be told what to do, and we're <laughs> we're. In trouble, I think it's right? the epidemic of yeah. the church. I think it's the disease right. that's killing, going to kill faith, yeah. is that men don't want to take responsibility for younger men. Yeah. You know, so when I first, when God told me, you have to raise up sons and daughters, spiritual sons and daughters. It's like I thought this is a great idea. This is gonna be easy. Everybody <laughs> wants that. There's so many orphans out there. They all want this. Yeah. Oh heck no, man. Oh. They want to say, I'm Steve's son or I'm your son. They don't want to be treated like a son mm. because what a son does reflects on the father. And so, no, you don't. We ourselves don't do that, or we Christians don't do that. And in Jesus' case, we gods of heaven and earth don't do that. You know, um, it's like this we. We don't do that. That's not how we behave. We behave with honor, we behave with purity, we behave with chast- chastity. We love, we give, we trust. And they don't all do that. And it's like, I, you know, I can't really say anyone's right and wrong. Let me, let me just share my opinion of whenever I decide I'm going to take on an ideal, like how I'm going to live, what I'm going to tell my people following me, who's listening to me, what I'm going to tell them. It's like, when I decide this, it's like most often it's, look, if I'm wrong, and I've read, you know, the Bible quite a bit, and uh, God, I know, I know this God. He's not going to come to me and say, "You made them give more than they were required." Oh, you bad boy! He's not going to do that to me, you know. And so I don't have a philosophy. I don't. I will not settle on a belief where there's any chance that, you know, I will fall short of what He's calling me. I'm going to go the extra mile to make sure that. Uh, Going to church. Well, you don't have to go to church. Well, I think he says you do. So I don't think he's going to come to me again and say, you went to church? Oh, man, you're lost. No, I think I'm going to win even when I'm wrong. Let's say it turns out you don't have to go to church. I believe you do, but let's say mm-hmm. it turns out you don't. He's not going to punish me for going to church. No. And so if it really is true that he's saving his church and that, and that the connection of the body is as important as Paul says it is, that... I'm, I think that a true disciple is one connected to other people, vulnerable to other people, requires other people. My, my left arm can do nothing without my torso, my heart, my brain, my nervous system. Uh, it's dependent on the rest of my body and my body would starve to death without my hands. I mean, it's just like it's to pick it up, to do it, to do anything requires, you know, a use and everything is important to a functioning body to become perfect like he is perfect. 
And so I think that in deciding what's right and wrong, I read the words of Jesus. They rule. They rule. He's who I'm discipling with. He's the one changing me. He's the one who brought his spirit to live inside of me. He's who I'm praying to, walking with, telling others about. And I want to be able to say at the end of every decision, well, what if I say it's okay to join myself to a prostitute and then later find out it's not? He's going to punish that. But if I say sex outside of marriage is fornication and let me just no one who practices that is going to go to heaven and then he says oh you could have done that my grace was big enough for that Mm. he's not going to punish me because i didn't but if i if i and i want to make sure every one of my beliefs are like that he's not going to punish me if i'm wrong i went the extra mile but if i give in and say no 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 drunkenness is okay paul was wrong Drunks can go to heaven. You just get forgiven before you die. And Paul says no one who practices drunkenness will ever see the kingdom of heaven, will ever enter it. We we will never see the kingdom of heaven. And it's like, well, I'm going to go ahead and say, everybody, it's okay. Well, if I'm wrong, I'm really wrong. I stumbled everybody. But if I'm wrong by saying, no, we're not going to touch that. We're not going to do that and let, we're not going to stumble anybody. We're going to entice anybody to get drunk. In fact, we're going to say, do not drink so that you don't get drunk, so you don't violate. And God says, you know, you didn't have to do that. He's not going to punish me for it. Mm. I think I've given enough examples of that. So, I mean, but it's a lot of them. And so that's how I come to my philosophies. And in this follow me, this discipleship, this, I mean, it is clear. These are the words and what they mean. The imitation. It's not just a learner like I was taught when I was young. A learner. No, it's a duplicator. It's somebody who hears these words of mine and acts upon them. Not learning. When you hear them, you do them. That's good. That's that's a little different. That's a doer yeah. of the words. That's good. Not a hearer only. Let's let's bring this episode to a close with this. I'm just going to quote uh, the last few sentences from this chapter. Um, just as the Father spoke out of the mist on the Mount of Transfiguration and said, "This is my Son. Listen to him." This is Steve now speaking, so I'm going to quote him. I will listen to Jesus and pray for the end of my wrong thinking. I am a God chaser and a Jesus imitator. I will look in the mirror of life often in self-examination to see if I am being conformed to the image of a son. I will hear his teaching and respond so that I may present my life to the world as a living sacrifice coming to the world in his likeness. I'm telling you, man, I am so inspired by these words. I I have read this book 20 times, and even just as you read it, I'm just inspired. I mean, 21 times is going to be just as good as the other. I mean, I'm serious, and I'm not bragging. I, I didn't. It's like the Holy Spirit wrote this book for me. It, it's like, what did Steve need? Let me make. Let me instead of giving him someone else's book, let me write one through him. It is the most amazing thing. To read this and say, yeah, man, I'm a God-chasing, demon-commanding, storm-calming, truth-preaching, lover of Jesus Christ. And if I could be any more like Jesus, I would want to be. Even the cross. That's good. I just want to take a second to just honor 
your commitment to that and as we said at the start you know we but we've known each other for 14 years at this yeah, point you whoa. know so i've i've got to see a little bit of your life and i've I, and you know I, you've you don't you didn't just write these words and then not live them you really have pursued that and i i just admire that about you and you've inspired me to live a life to do the same thing and for anybody listening i really encourage you to read the you read this book read the words of jesus and really make a commitment and make a stand upon living in his likeness don't just hear his words but put them into practice pursue him give your life to become like him and if you're looking for people that you can walk alongside to do this we are here and we'd love to get to know you as we've said recently we have a uh we're about a month out from our next semester our school of transformation starting it's not too late to apply you can go to transformationschool.org and we'd, we'd love to help you discover who god is and who that makes you and what this life living in this likeness could look like so please visit us on transformationschool.org reach out to us and we'd love to get to know you and you can pick up the book on Amazon, uh, search for his likeness by Steve Marcillo, and you can read along with us. And you do have to uh, put my name in because there's other in his likenesses. So. Okay, and his likeness by Steve Marcillo. Awesome. Well, have a, a great week, and we will see you next time for Chapter 5. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate and review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.